You're listening to The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and BJ in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. Hey, Dell, how's it going this week? It's going all right. I had an interesting night the other night. Monday morning, I had to drive back to Seabrook to work. I was headed out to my vehicle. I couldn't get to my vehicle because there was a sizable black bear that had decided it wanted to make a meal out of our garbage. And um, he wasn't going to let me get by, so I had to break out the bear spray. And So it was interesting. I finally eventually got to my truck and got to work on time. But it was a good start to the week. It certainly, everything's been better since then. How was your week? Wow, my week's been pretty well. I have to say, I think you're probably one of the only friends I have that have a bear story. So that's interesting. I have several of them, but we're not going to get into all of them today. <laughs> okay, future episode, Dell's Bear Stories. Anyway, this week is interesting, and it ties really neatly into our episode this week, which is about lone wolfing and finding a community. I am lone wolfing it this weekend and early next week. My wife and son are up in New York, her family, so I'm home alone. And the interesting thing is that I am disciplined enough, adult, pretty darn well by myself. I'm not going crazy. I'm not having wild bachelor parties. I'm actually cleaning the house pretty thoroughly. It's amazing to do when you're the only person. Seriously, one person doesn't make that many dishes. One person doesn't do that much laundry. You eat the food, you clean up, you're done. You wear the clothes, you clean up, you're done. It's actually pretty liberating and freeing in the sense that I can do all the stuff I need to do. And then I have all the time to do the stuff I want. So I'm playing a lot more golf. And even though I have been playing poker for the past couple months, honestly, I went to a home game yesterday and cleaned up. I played in a one-two cash game for about three and a half hours. Nothing special, just ABC poker, made some behavioral reads here and there, and I made 300 bucks. So that's like one-tenth of my annual golf membership. Which is the plan. I mean, right now, if I play poker in the winter or when I don't want to go outside or when I'm at a friend's house and I win the money for my golf membership, I'm golden all year round. I'm good. So I'm loving that. And that kind of dovetails into the whole lone wolf thing. Some people can do it on their own, but they end up finding more success doing it with others. And we're really fortunate this week to have Dan Mergel joining us to share his story of going from lone wolf to joining a vibrant community and really up-leveling his game and feedback. Dan is a manager of software engineer. I'm honored to call him a friend. He and I have played at Maryland Live together for at least a couple of years now that I've known him. I'm sure you've played it live before I knew you. He's been at some of my home games. He's a great guy to have around. He's a wonderful human, and I'm glad to have him on the show. Dan, welcome. Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm flattered, <laughs> and I'm happy to be here. It's awesome to have you here, Dan. Thank you, Dan. So you've played a lot of years you know, without being a member of a community. Do you want to go into what that was like? Sure. It was hard. And I didn't realize that until I became a member of a community. I was just, to prepare for this this conversation, I was looking back through my tracking app and I started recording my hours and taking the game a little more seriously. My first recorded session in my tracking app is January of 2015. And since then, I have played just over a thousand hours a year. Uh, so it's a lot of hours for, for somebody who's part-time, so I take it pretty seriously. And the, the challenge is I had no baseline. I like a lot of data. I like to use data to analyze, use data in my day-to-day jobs, but I only play live. 
And it's really hard when you're playing live and you don't have a community to understand what's normal and to understand what the art of the possible is. And am I running good or am I running bad? Does, did I get lucky or did I play that well? Um, so kind of things uh, that makes the difference. And so when I was a longtime subscriber of uh, Crush Life Poker, but that's it's kind of a one-way consuming kind of way to learn a uh, long time two plus two uh, reader seldom posted some of that conversation was toxic so it was difficult to find the real good information from the bad information so it's just when i joined the community i just realized what i was missing but before i joined the community i didn't know what i was missing so I mean, I'm curious. Before you joined the community, I, I really like the I really like the perspective. You didn't know what you had until you got, or you didn't know what you were missing until you saw it. When you were playing those hands and you weren't sure whether you got lucky or you made a good play or you made a bad play, whatever. How did that change from doing it by yourself and doing it with poker? Is really easy to delude yourself, and it's it's really important to be self aware. So. When I had a community of people who, uh, of a mixture of skills and abilities, including some professional coaches and other recreational players in that community, I could get different perspectives and, and kind of ground myself and do reality checks um, versus, you know, posting on 2 plus 2 or some other forum where, you know, three quarters of the people on there are trolls and you don't, you don't have any background on who's, who's responding to, to try to put some weight towards what they're saying. So joining the computer, the community really, it did that for me. So I was able to, yeah, just really check myself and be able to become, um, compare my self-awareness and my perception of how I was playing with objectionable uh, feedback. Well, when we first decided we wanted to have you on again, Dan, because you've been on before, you were on an episode earlier on whether or not to be a pro poker player or not and what the differences were. When we decided we wanted you back on, it was because a couple of people, they had seen some of the stats you had put up and that you were crushing it at that time. Um, they wanted to know, they basically wanted us to interview you on how you're doing that. But you yourself said that it wasn't a big enough sample size, first of all. And second of all, you said that you would rather talk about the difference in your game between when you were lone wolfing it and when you joined a pack. I'm interested why wouldn't you want to talk about being a crusher at 2-5 and you'd rather talk about the other subject? I think I have more to say about the other subject, and I think it's more valuable because there's there's a million people who are a lot smarter and still a lot better at the game than I am that could talk about strategy, talking about specifically live play and debate uh, GTO versus of exploitive and all of that kind of stuff. And there's so many people who are so much better at that. And than me that I thought that you would be able to have better guests for that topic than me. Uh, but where I think I might have had some value to add is the interesting changes in my game since I've got a little bit of coaching and I joined the community and then I have a really big sample size and I'm not sure how many people have a big sample size and, and I'm willing to talk at least vaguely about some of the numbers and what those numbers look like over time. I don't know. It's That was always the biggest thing for me is to find other live players who who I could baseline myself against to understand what's possible and and try to see where I, f I fit in uh, relative to them and relative to what's possible. And Because without that, you can't really know, are you doing well or are you doing, not doing well and, and what's the potential in this game? I really love that perspective that even though you've put thousands of hours per year into live poker, there's still so much to learn 
and you're not entirely confident that your sample size is large enough to be as valuable towards the strategy end and the game theory, things like that. The reason that's really interesting to me is that you know we're in the same community and you've seen me post for the past two years that I have quote unquote crushed one, three, and two, five to the tune of last year, it was almost 20 big blinds per hour. The year before that, it was like 15 big blinds per hour. And that's over not even 600. And you put in a thousand hours. So for me, it's really a nice check. Everybody's a hero in their own story. I guess unless you're a sociopath, everyone's a hero in their own story, myself included. So here I am thinking I'm crushing one, three, and two, five because I'm making all this money over two years. It's not significant. So seeing people like you post in community, it's it's humbling. To me, that's probably the best word for me to describe. It's humbling in the sense that I'm not as smart as I think I am. My opponents aren't as stupid as I think they are. There's a delta there, and that delta is entirely based in ego, or if not entirely, to a large percentage based. So I guess I guess I'm all saying this as context to, you know, what's the biggest mind shift you had? going lone wolf and joining community and then saying, oh, wait, this is what I'm missing. Like, what was that biggest thing that was eye-opening journey? That's a good question. I wasn't prepared for it. So it's really some strategy thought that, that I hadn't considered before. I, I, I still consider myself just a serious recreational player because I don't put as much study and off the table work that I should to be better than I am. And I'm comfortable with that because I have a day job that pays well. And I'm doing this also because I enjoy it. It's nice to make money doing the hobby, but it, I think that if I was doing it as my sole income, it might not even be as much fun. Uh, but just talking to the players who are better than I am and thinking about things in ways that I didn't think they would. Some other players would ask me questions about specific situations or profile types or, or any parts of the game that I just hadn't considered. So that really opened it up. And then there's one other aspect to being part of the community that I think is equally important that I've come to realize as well is our community has a very wide range of experiences and skills. And there's a lot of really, really good players who are really, really studied and there's some newer players. And so I find that I also get as much value, at least as much value, if not more value, contributing and helping those who have less experience than I do. Uh, so coaching, I'm not a coach and I'm not I'm really not that good enough, but I certainly have a lot of experience to help less experienced players. And having those conversations with those people to help them out uh, through situations that in games that they're playing in forces me to kind of tighten up my process and to be to to make it more well-rounded and have a deeper understanding of whatever concept it is that I'm talking about. So I found that has been very valuable as well. Not just learning from those with more experience, but doing some teaching of those that have less experience. That's valuable. I learned from that as well. If I may piggyback on that, and this is the credit to your contribution, I love it when I see players post in the forums in a way that isn't pedantic, pejorative, but something like the Socratic method, asking questions to lead the other participant to their own answer, to that discovery. And I've seen you do that time and time again in the forums where someone will post a hand history and instead of something I'm guilty of saying, oh, why did you do it this way? You should have done it X, Y, Z. And almost to say, this is the right way to do it. You will ask questions to help get the, so you're leading them to the conclusion instead of giving it. And that to me is more valuable because that gives the other player the chance to really learn and understand for themselves why what they did was either suboptimal or, hey, it was a great decision and now I can do it. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's the kind of learning process that 
I do the best at, right? If somebody just tells me the answer, that's going to not help as much as if somebody asks me questions, it forces my brain to take a left turn and think about something or look at something from an angle that I didn't look at it before. Most of the, everybody in our community is smart and they can get it. You, they're just not looking at it in all of the different angles. So instead of giving them the answer, just give them the questions to have them look at it themselves from that other angle. That's what works for me the best, and that's what's tightened up my process, and so that's how I participate. I'm a huge believer in the lone wolf dies, the pack survives. So I don't need any convincing, but for I'm going to pretend that I do. I'm going to say, you know, I, I don't care about the emotional thing. I don't care about, you know, being able to help out others. I want empirical evidence that it's better to be part of a pack. What, what do you got for me? I got data. I'm a data guy. I was to, to prepare for this, I was looking at my data and I won't share exact numbers, but I've got just under 7,000 hours of tracked play in my database that I, my current tracker app. Um, so since January of 2015, and I have what my win rate is at all of those. And I was looking at it in different chunks and my win rate before I joined the community that we're currently in. And when I when I embraced a community that was interactive outside of two plus two and some other things uh, was the beginning of last year. So I got about 1700 hours of those 7,000 hours are in this computer community. And my win rate has gone up, just looking at my numbers. I was a winning player over those 7,000 hours and respectable based on, you know, big blinds per hour. My year to date win rate is about double what my win rate was in the first 7,000 hours. And I'm also playing bigger games. So I was mostly 1-3, occasionally 2-5. Uh, part of what the community did for me is kind of gave me the kick in the ass that I needed to not be quite as complacent. You know, I still, I'm still treating this game as fun, but I was wasting my time at 1-3, playing so many hours at 1-3. I just, might as well just 2-5, and I just made the, I made the switch to 2-5, and now I also play 5-10 when it runs, unless the game is full of crushers. I think I'm self-aware enough to be able to sit at a table and understand who's better than me and who's not. And I'm okay with that. But if you just look at my data, I got 1,700 hours of play since joining the community and my win rate is close to double and in a bigger game. I want to put that in monetary context. Well, first of all, let me acknowledge that's imp that is impressive. Not only that you're self-aware of your game play, but that you have the data to back it up. I'm a systems engineer. I'm a project manager for software projects myself. So that's huge to me. That really speaks for anybody who's on the fence of joining a community and they're thinking, oh, I might have to spend a thousand or fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars to join a community, get something out of it. The fact that you went from one three to two five and your win rate increased, let's just say you increased one big blind per hour, just five bucks at two five. Over a thousand hours a year, your win rate just increased by five thousand. Now I know that you went your win rate was higher than one big per hour, but still, even just considering that, if you're balking at the concept of spending fifteen or two thousand dollars, you know, fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars for joining a membership or a community or some school that purports to up level your game to some extent and you could reasonably expect to see at least $5,000 in returns, it's a no-brainer. Just from a financial concept, it's a no-brainer. I just wanted to break that down. As an economist myself, I love the bottom line, so I'm a bottom line for people. It makes sense. Yeah, it's it really, when you're talking about like even two five and one big blind an hour, it's five bucks an hour. That's 
over time, that's significant. It's you're insane not to invest in your game. Uh, and there's different ways to do it, probably different communities, taking different kind of classes. I'm not saying what I've found, stumbled across is the best. And I'm not even mentioning the, the program that, that I'm in. It's just that it's invest in your game because you're going to get a return on the investment. And it's probably not, I don't think poker is for everybody because the mindset part is really, really tough and the understanding why. I don't think everybody's going to be successful. Well, everybody can't be successful or I won't make any more money yet. Right? So there has to be people who are not successful, but also being part of the community, you can get some tough love and you can get some honest feedback that you're, you know, to be able to understand what's normal and what's not. And so that you're not going to delude yourself. There's a couple of things that stand out to me. I want to make sure they're clear to our listeners. It, you can't just join any community. It has to be a community, first of all, that you're going to feel like you fit in. Not everybody's going to feel like they fit in the community that we're a part of. Like you said, two plus two, there were some things that were toxic there, but there was a lot of people that gained a lot from that. So what you you need to find a community that works for you. But the other thing that stood out to me is on the, on the statistical side of things where you keep saying your win rate was more and you're also playing bigger games. I don't want people thinking that, well, of course your win rate's more, you're playing a bigger game. When you talk about your win rate, I am assuming you're talking about your big blinds per hour has gone up. Yes. Yeah, I'm not talking about my hourly rate. I'm talking about how many big blinds or big bet units that you win per hour on average, right? So if you look at the hourly rate, if you're playing a bigger big blind game per hour and you're winning more of those big blinds per hour, then you can understand the difference in your true dollar bottom line is, is significantly more. I don't know. I guess what I want to know is, let's say that the community we are a part of disappeared tomorrow. What would you look for in your next community? What would you be seeking? I would be seeking a good mixture and diversity of thought. I think diversity of thought is really important. I don't want groupthink where everybody thinks and has the same approach to the game because then I'm not going to learn. Remember I said that I learned from having people ask me questions or make me look at things in different ways. And if we all look at things the same way, then it's just not going to get anywhere. So diversity is really important to me. Uh, I'd like a smaller group community of people who are passionate and engaged over a, a really, really big community and some are engaged and many are not. And of course, there needs to be some folks who have a lot more experience and skills than I do, and others who are are learning, but they're open-minded and so passionate, they add value as well. So I think it would be small. People need to be passionate about it and just decent people too. So I, was, I, I wrote some notes down on the benefits. And one of the other benefits is friendship. I don't do social media in general. Facebook, I found just in general, a lot of social media is a toxic cesspool. Um, our, our community doesn't seem to be that way. So some of the some of the groups and the places that we chat are not about poker at all. So it's made some friendships, and I really value that as well. I would never have had you at my home game if you had not joined our community. So the weird thing is I've actually played against you before I even knew who you were because we weren't in the same community. You hadn't joined yet, but you still went to me. And even then, I respected you. Like, I, I wasn't afraid to tangle with you, but I would always enter pots with some trepidation because your stuff. And of course, you know, you know as well as I do, even at 2-5, the average wreck is pretty much as bad as the average wreck at 1-3. They just have deeper pockets. But then once you and I got to know each other through our community, you came to our home games, you're, you're, you're good for the game. You're not just good for the game in the sense that you promote action when it's warranted, but you also treat it, like we mentioned in our last week episode, ethically, honestly, with respect, 
good for the game that way. There are a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. There, there are there are a lot of live intangibles that I think anybody who's playing live and, and hoping to profit from the game need to understand that you need to understand why some players are playing. Some players who are playing, they're not keeping track and they're not necessarily upset if they lose. And, and you know, so I think some poker poker players, you could think of it as like cockroach mentality where the, the they're fighting over the crumbs of people who are wealthy enough to have those crumbs fall down and not care about. Um, so if you have the right perspective when you're playing with it, you understand what what makes a good game and makes a good a good ecosystem and it's also just good to be try to be a good human being so it's there's benefits to that um, but yeah because for poker to be sustainable the people who are losing have to have good time have to enjoy themselves but you don't have to pander and try to try to be fake for them to have a good time but you just need to understand it two things have stood out to me here first of all cockroach mentality is definitely going into quotable quotes on the show notes <laughs> and the other thing is i would love to hang out with you two sometime i maybe i'd even be willing to take up golf to hang out with you guys but neither one of you is ever coming to my home game you're both too good <laughs> so so you mentioned before dell you might swing down by maryland en route to vegas world series to be fair maryland really isn't en route from New England to no, Vegas, but you're, but you're swinging down. You're swinging down. Yeah. So if you do come down, I mean, we can arrange for some kind of one, three meetup or something. Have dinner. Good you're time. always trying to get my money. You're always trying to get my money. <laughs> you know, you could just, if you don't want to come down, you could just PayPal. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just short circuit. But winning, winning money from your friends is great and being able to needle them. You know, you, you don't slow roll or needle needle the rack but your buddy yeah, yeah it's okay sometimes <laughs> it's, it's not just okay it's encouraged yeah max the maximum pain <laughs> yeah it was interesting in our community we used to have it was called a pro game because it was part of the pro group there and i'll never forget at the beginning of it it was easy to beat bj because bj would always take lines that he would basically force players into a situation where they were at the top of their range and then he'd try to bluff them on the river and all you had to do was have something and call him down and you were going to make money from him. Now the sucker beats me all the time. <laughs> it's annoying. It's annoying when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> so he learned his lesson. And the community helped. To be fair, the community helped. I went from Hulk smash to a more well thought out strategy. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I wasn't open-minded to the ends of others. And if others were willing their wisdom with me in a way that wasn't cult and condescending, an earnest way each other. I think that right there is the key. Like, I think that, I, I don't know if I've helped Dan become a better poker player. I know I've helped you become a better poker player, BJ. And I know the two of you have helped me become a better poker player. So, and, and that's the whole point of the community, right? Is is everybody helping each other raise the, the level of play, right? Absolutely. Right. And there's one other one other thing that I had made a note to, to bring up as well about the group that I think is really important, and at least for me, is accountability. Because uh, it's very, very easy to set a goal and be on your own and lone wolf it and not share with anybody and then and then cheat and not meet and not do the thing you said you're going to do. Right. So I, I, sometimes I've been lazy, a, a lazy poker player. So having a support group of friends uh, that can help hold me accountable to goals that I set and challenge me uh, has also been very important to me. So that's just one other category of, of stuff that I think the group is really good for is set a goal and I 
provide periodic updates on my goal. And if I'm not doing what I said I was going to do, not based on the results, but the actions, right? Am I taking the actions that I said I was going to take? And I'm not getting pushed to choose. Like people aren't saying these are the actions you need to take. They let me set whatever goals I want, but then hold me accountable to make sure that I'm setting, doing those goals. It's uh, helped me better, be a better person and certainly a much better player. Because, uh, you know, if I wanted to cheat and not do the study or uh, I wanted to revert back to an old way where I want to just have some fun and lag it up and do Hulk smash, that costs me money, right? So if I can have people who hold me accountable to that, uh, it keeps those impulses in check. So that's been helpful for me as well. So, I mean, anyone who listens to us knows that the community we're talking about is School of Cards. And I think that a whole part of why we are all such fans of, of School of Cards is uh, because of Blake and Matt and Steve and, and all the coaches, Jordan, Seabass, they create an environment where it is. First of all, it's it's just a encouraging, dare I say, loving environment. It's a good place to grow as a person and as a poker player. And that's that's one of the reasons I think I that's one of the reasons I'm a member is is all of them in the way they are. You know, and that's what I would look for in any other community is Suttons. I don't know why you guys are members of there. But I, th- I think that plays a part. It's the whole. It's the whole thing. It's the people, right? The community is the people, right? It's the, it's the people in it that matter. And I'm sure that there are lots of great communities out there, and there are others that aren't. I consider myself lucky that I stumbled upon this community, and and for a long time I was reluctant to join a community that had you know paid coaching and all that kind of other stuff because I thought I don't need that. I'm still winning money, and this is just a hobby for me, and. And my day job makes, I do all right in my day job. And this is just something I was not taking it seriously. And, and the, the only thing that I regret is that I didn't do something much sooner. Because if I ever go back and think about how much opportunity is lost by not being, not investing in my game and not being uh, at least a little less lazy than I'd been. And I look at how much money I could have made over those those 5,000 hours that I played before joining the community. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of money that I that I didn't take advantage of. How many more home games could you have gone to at BJ's house and taken some of his money? Well, I didn't meet BJ so until the uh, until the community. So it's not like I was there and and losing. Uh, but so in that instance, yeah, the, being part of the community has allowed me to go to BJ's home game and take more of his money. So that's a good thing too. <laughs> Not just my money, but the money of the friends. And you know some of those people, whales. Yeah, well, I, I know because I... I can say that because they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> they're, fun, they're fun to be around, too. Uh, Dan, do you have anything else that you want to share about joining the pack? No, we uh, we hit all the highlights of the things that I thought were most important in terms of the benefits. It's an investment. It's a, it's a return on the investment. And if anybody's on the fence... I encourage you to try it out and make that investment in your game and not be where I am and have the regret of the missed opportunity of the thousands of hours that I played uh, without a community and without a formalized way to be better. I made money over those hours and I made a pretty decent amount, but I didn't make as much money as I'm making now. And I also didn't have the fun in the game and the friendships that I have now. I want you to know, Dan, you've had an effect on me as a poker player, and I appreciate you. I'm glad you're a member of our community. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot, Bill. Same here. I will echo that. Not just from our home game, from being able to share hand history in real time at live. That's very valuable, too. Yeah. 
Both and it goes both ways. Yep. Right. You have anything else to add, Dell? I do not. This has been awesome. Thanks for joining us. All right. Again. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Dell. And until next week, stick to the plan and may all your variants be positive.